Welcome to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. Here is your host, Bill Faith. Hey, welcome back to STR Unfiltered. Bill Faith here. I'm your host. Got a lot of questions in the last week about 1031 exchanges, so I want to touch on that in, in this episode. I see way too many people just diving in and, and using 1031s, you know, just with reckless abandon, like literally on every property. And here's here's my take on 1031s. They're a tremendous tax advantage. We do need to take advantage of them, but we got to have a fucking plan. You know, if you're 25 and, you know, you're selling a dollars $300,000 property with a $50,000 gain, and then you roll that into a $500,000 property, and then two or three years, you do it down the road, and you have another 100000 so then you get $150,000 in gains, and then you do it again, and you're like 35, and you got $250,000 in gains, and the shit hits the fan, and you have no other fucking assets, like as we, as we hit COVID, as we're in a, a recession now, and you need to exit and sell that piece of property, now you're screwed, because that's carrying for you. That's why 1031 exchange is the death tax benefit. You have to take it to your deathbed. So I'm 49 years old and I have strategically, strategically positioned my portfolio in real estate and STRs to where I have about 35% of my portfolio that I've leveraged either 1031s and or cost segregations. Because remember, those are re, you're going to recapture if you sell within five years on the cost seg for that accelerated depreciation. So if I'm going to have a taxable transaction like that um, or mitigate my taxable transactions, I'm typically going to 1031, then I'm going to cost seg. If I think there's any way I'm not going to hold a property for at least five years, then I probably won't cost seg and I probably won't 1031. So that's why I've got like 65% of my real estate portfolio is unencumbered. No cost segs, no 1031s. Just literally, that's my what I call my real estate cash liquidity. Over here on the right-hand side, I wish you could see me. I'm holding my right hand over here. I've got that bucket that I'm holding with that side of the real estate. And on the other side, on the left-hand side, that's where my 1031s and my cost segregations live. So I've got a strategy that... So like I, I use cost segregations and 1031s as a tax strategy. Uh, but I'm keeping that in one side of the bucket. I don't want to get too heavy because I don't want to have to have that huge taxable transaction. The third component of this is, is a DSCR product that typically has a five-year prepayment penalty. So 1031, DSCR, cost eggs, those typically stay in that 35% bucket. 65%, no DSCR, no cost egg, no 1031. That way, if the shit does hit the fam like COVID, then I can sell the properties and generate cash that's unencumbered with just you know traditional capital gains. So that's my take on 1031. So back to the basics, because a lot of people don't even know, that's the strategy side. But to the basics, if you're going to do a 1031, and there are reverse 1031s, but um, I try to plan for it ahead and just do a standard 1031, you need to have a rock solid intermediary. I've got an amazing attorney down in Gulf Shores that I've used for probably seven, eight, nine uh, of mine, and, and she's just been incredible to work with. Uh, you can DM me on Instagram, Bill Faith. That's F A E T H seventy three, Bill Faith seventy three on Instagram. If you want her contact information, um, and I can share that with you. But one of the things that I think is really important is that you, I start to identify markets and properties 
before I close on the first on the, the real estate that I'm going to 1031. Most people wait, they sell it, then they, okay, what do I do now? Now I'm going to start looking. Well, I started looking way ahead of time. So my plan last winter was to invest into Montana uh, for the dream home for, for me and my wife. Unfortunately, I had started down the path and I started looking and, and I've been looking for two years, but really started flying out there uh, literally December 22nd, 23rd, right before Christmas. Uh, to look at a property that we were getting ready to make a serious offer on for about 1.8 million. And that didn't work out. I'd already listed one property. I was selling my two dogs, the two worst performing properties in my portfolio. Not that I really have any major dogs. They were still profitable. But two smaller properties that I was going to leverage in a 1031 to be able to get into this big property. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. And what I mean, I went through the whole probably a month ahead of time before I sold the first property. So literally I had like 75 days to identify because once you uh, sell a property, you have 45 days to identify five potential properties that you would want to purchase. And you'd have to close on one or one of those five within six months, 180 days. So you can identify five pro properties in the first 45 days after selling your asset that's going to utilize the 1031 funds. And then you have 180 days from sale uh, to be able to close the next deal. That's why doing new construction is very challenging. The second part of that is, is you have to, you know, buy, if you sell for a million dollars, you have to buy an equivalent of a million dollars and you need to use all of the capital, right? So those are really the three requirements that have to happen. So if you sell a million dollar property, you put $200,000 into a 1031, you need to buy at least a million dollars worth of property and close within six months. And you need to spend that two hundred thousand dollars on that on those property on the property or properties. So you can do two. You don't have to just sell one and then buy one, or you know you can sell one and buy three. You sell a two million dollar property, you could buy three six hundred thousand dollar properties or six hundred fifty thousand dollar properties, if you want to. But you just need a really solid rock solid intermediary. I mean, I pay I think it's eight hundred eight hundred and fifty dollars per ten thirty one transaction. Uh, for my attorney Lori down in Gulf Shores, she's just phenomenal uh, to work with. She's on top of shit, and it's 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 great. So I don't really have to worry about anything. The strategy is what I think is really the most important part. I see way too many young kids uh, that are doing 1031s to just you know defer the taxes, and that that can come back to bite you if you ever have some type of life event. It doesn't even have to be something like COVID or a recession. It could be you know somebody passing away or something other else catastrophic happening. To where we need to access that cash. So just be very conservative uh, if you're building out your portfolio and how you leverage those. Thanks for joining me on SDR Unfiltered. Happy hosting, everybody. Thank you for listening to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.